Everyone has opinions. Most of them are trash. Join us each week as we get to the bottom of the heap, sifting through topics ranging from pop culture to Pop-Tarts. In the end, only one trash talker will reign refuse supreme. Disagree? Too bad. Welcome to Your Opinion is Trash. It's already gotten weird. Yeah. It's early in the day, and I had a frappuccino. With Watch it, out. So look the fuck out. Yes, a, a, a good Tuesday to you, There friends. it is. Y'all, it's Sunday. Happy Tuesday. I, I'm just the trying Lord's to bring day. a smile to someone's face on a Tuesday, <laughs> as we have been now quoted for doing. That's true. Oh, I will keep no, that's that's a, a true story. This is right. We supposedly have one good review. We have one fan. <laughs> we have one. And, and we really like to take in the fan feedback and yeah. really respond. Yes. We have one IRL fan. Oh my um, God. Yeah, who said yes. very nice things to me. So. Nice. Yes. You only need one. Honestly. I have, yes, I, I have some. I have a cousin that said it's the best toilet listening oh. ever. That's good. Enjoy you know? that. We are the version of the uh, of that mom's you know, wicker basket of Reader's Digest next to the can. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Those baskets have a name, too. The Do kind. they? Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and in, like, Indianapolis, there's a, the factory that makes them is shaped like a giant one. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I knew this off the top of my head. Somebody told me about it. That's wild. Did you guys have this, or is it a Midwestern, more Midwest thing? Like a like a basket full of magazines. A basket full of magazines next to the toilet. That was never in my home. <laughs> oh, we definitely did. We definitely did. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm just saying that in the Boyd residence, we did not have it. Mm-hmm. Keith just got so afraid, afraid of the cat when it walked in the room. It was hilarious. He jumped. The cat. It's not a cat. It's me. I was just pretending to be a cat before. <laughs> the cat made an entrance, and I was not prepared. On this Tuesday. Anyway, welcome. The cat's wearing its Sunday best, so it wasn't going to look normal. <laughs> welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Your Opinion is Trash. Trash. Welcome to the Trash Compactor. No. <laughs> took a second. <laughs> oh, no, my, 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 my messages are on my iPad. Oh, yeah. I hope we can read them. I that you get oh, it's going to talk so recording. much shit about Seven. all three There's of like us. a hard possibility that might happen. This episode may turn into best dick pic. That's a no, good. It's not at all. It's zero out of zero. The is zero. If only we were live, I would tell everyone to send you the picture of the dirtiest, <laughs> filthiest penis. One day we might be doing a live one, so keep that in mind oh, for the oh, future. How exciting! Get your dick of your pick ready. Wait, pick of, <laughs> pick of your dick. No, but get your dick of your I pick, like right? Your yeah, get your dick of your pick. It's the dick of your pick <laughs> of the week. It's like the dick of your picking. Just yes, like that's nice. that's yeah. what I meant. Fix it, your Matt. chosen dickola. <laughs> All right, so this week's episode is what is the best dick? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am not prepared. I wish. Um, I'm free both. We're looking at you, Chris Evans. Oh, good. Um, no, this week actually, I'm like 
very pumped about this topic. I'm fired up. I'm like really excited about it. Yeah. Um, it is, we're going to be doing what is the best disaster film, <laughs> which is one of my favorite genres yeah, of movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, there it is. Explosion. <laughs> I like when they say explosion. Explosion. Fiery explosion. Hero walking away. Ominous music. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite genres of movies. Um, it is a movie in which a disaster happens. <laughs> and you have to, you have to, you gotta figure out the disaster, or you gotta die. And that's really the only two options in disaster movies. Yeah. Um, survive. You know, survive or die. Yeah. That's really the only two options. Um, so like a life. meet the parents does count, or it doesn't yes, count? big time, yeah. Anytime you have to survive, <laughs> it is a social often, disaster film. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it stresses me the fuck out. So. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. The Parent Trap, social disaster film. Um, I feel like we're <laughs> leaning more towards like a like a natural disaster uh, of yes, some sort. Fair, uh-huh. like, like like you know, acts of God. Like yes, acts of God. Like a like a deep impact, an Armageddon, mm-hmm. a, a twenty twelve, a geostorm. Deep impact also up for best dick. Big oh, time. So <laughs> that's. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> a volcano, <laughs> a Dante's Peak. Yes. You know, those sorts of situations. And then there's also just like disaster films where, um, you know, something just goes horribly awry and mm-hmm. the whole movie is about surviving them, mm-hmm. which is what I believe your movie is about. Ah, uh, well, we will. I yeah, will yeah, defend yeah. my choice when AJ's it comes pick is time. not a disaster film. Oh, well, in spoilers. My, what my opinion of what a disaster film is, I don't think yours is a disaster film. No? But I'm going to let you argue it. I feel like I've said this before, but if you're doing Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf again, <laughs> that's, uh, I, no, no doublesies. That is a social disaster. That's true. It is, it is, <laughs> it is, a, it is a single again. night evening disaster. Not, but <laughs> that's thankfully not what he's thinking. But um, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, that's disaster film. We know what they are. We all like them. So they uh, usually come out in the summer. <laughs> sure, yeah. Right. Yeah, like a blockbuster. Yeah, they're generally big they're often blockbusters. Movies. They it, would it be wrong to say they are usually male driven? I don't think that's wrong. Yeah, it's probably not incorrect. Now, whether... I think it is wrong. I would say it's wrong, but not incorrect. Whether it's morally wrong. Sure, yeah, yeah. But your your definition is not incorrect. They're mostly male-centric. Words are hard today. It's it's Sunday off. It's the Lord's Day. (laughs) It is a day off. Um, Yeah, I'm just quickly uh, Wikipediaing all of our um, entries to see what the very first line of definition is. So far, we've all got disaster in our movie description. Except I really thought you were you. just texting everybody and telling them not to text you right now. <laughs> We'd like to take a moment to thank our, our fact-checking sponsor, Wikipedia. Yes, always. Thank you forever. Uh, Wikipedia, if you've never heard of it, um, I'm happy for you, because that means you don't you don't get on the internet very often. So, yes. more power to you. Um, I, I, I had authored the uh, Wikipedia entry of the Arch Deluxe Sandwich for several years oh. before it was changed. That's pretty exciting. That should be in every bio you write. Right, I really should be, yes. Wow. The Arch Deluxe. It, it used to be, right? I know I know about this story for some reason. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. It include, yes, we, we said it, it featured Ronald McDonald performing adult activities such as playing golf and beating his wife. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no wonder they And it, it stayed up for years. Now, I did this when I was in college, so, you know. 
It doesn't make it better. Well, I'm just saying my sense of humor has evolved. Hopefully. <laughs> has it? <laughs> Vaguely. Only time will tell. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, you're going first because you didn't pick a disaster film. So you oh, fine. This is un... All right, here we go. It's not unfair, but I would like like to, it's not a disaster I film. would like to look at the Merriam-Webster definition oh. of a disaster. Wow, I feel like this is perhaps... A disaster is a research. sudden event, such as an incident, uh, an accident or a natural catastrophe that causes great damage or loss of life. Can you repeat it once I'm more? sure you're right off camera, but I'm confident you're holding a giant, like, bound <laughs> Miriam Webster. Yes, excuse me while I close this. Um, no, it is a sudden, it is a sudden event, such as an accident or natural catastrophe uh-huh. that causes great damage or loss of life. My film centers around a sudden event Mm. that is accidental, Uh catastrophic, Uh and causes great damage and loss of life. So I would say that my film absolutely qualifies as a disaster film. Uh Now let's go into the other things that a disaster film must have. A disaster film must have... A, a, a good, uh, you, you have to have great characters, right? Because um, really, the disaster is the star of the film. Like, you know, whatever the event is, that's the star of the film. But you have to have good characters, right? Like Titanic, classic disaster film about a disastrous event. But you have good characters, such as Billy Zane, and the mother of Kate Winslet. <laughs> All right, so... And those are the only two. <laughs> those are the only two. And Mr. Andrews. Um, <laughs> so you, you do have to have some great characters. Now, this, my film, has is centered around... It doesn't have Francis Fisher or Billy Zane in it, so you're it, already... You're right. I will, I will accede to that. But my film has two of the strongest actors... Ooh. Of the time that the film, of the time that the film was made. So this film came out in 1998. In those blissful late Clinton, pre-Bush, everything was fantastic years. Um, And Hmm. oh, it was 1997. (laughs) I'm sorry, Natalie just pointed to the Wikipedia entry. Let me back up for a moment. It was 1997. Those late Clinton, pre-Bush, fabulous years, even pre-Lewinsky years, in which everything felt possible in the world. Um, and, 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 and again, my film starred two of the greatest actors, I would say, of 1997. And perhaps still today, because one of them just was the oldest old man to ever win the Academy Award. Stole it. And stole it from poor Chadwick Boseman. (laughs) That's right. If you haven't guessed by now, it's not Silence of the Lambs. No, my pick is 1997's The Edge. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say Grumpy Old Men. I didn't didn't even know what was happening. It is not Walter Matthau. I am referring to Anthony Hopkins. Matthau did not come back from the dead and win an Oscar last year. Um, The Edge. All right. Let me get into this. Like the Alec Baldwin movie? Yes. With the bear? Yes. That's The Edge. Okay. Do you think that's a disaster film? Um, The answer is no. (laughs) 
sort of a thriller, isn't it? It's more of like a like a survival. Oh, film, okay, maybe. survival. Yeah. It's a survival film. That's not even a genre. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, wait, does, I don't, I don't actually know The Edge very well, so, um, uh, does he, like, fall out of a plane? Allow me to help you out. Buckle up, Gresham. Don't poorly explain this to you and not really give you a definition of what The Edge is a story about survival. It is a story about masculinity. It is a story about man versus animal and man versus nature. Anthony Hopkins is... Anthony Hopkins is a world-renowned billionaire with a uh, young trophy wife, played by Elle McPherson, very popular at the time. Now, who knows? Um, (laughs) I bet she's still real pretty. Alec Baldwin is a photographer uh, who is a close personal family friend of Anthony Hopkins and McPherson. Um, They, together, are taking a small, rich entourage up to the Alaskan wilderness, where they are going to perform a, uh, a photo shoot of the uh, said beautiful model. Uh, while there, they meet a grisly old man that warns them about bears. Okay? I don't want to go down that road. From, from this point, Alec Baldwin spots a photograph of an old grizzled Native American man and decides that he wants that guy to be a part of the photo shoot. And the old bear man that that runs the cabin says, oh, that's old Jack, and he lives 50 miles north of here. You can get there by a skipper plane or skipper or some sort of word. leave him be, white people. No, those white people would not leave him be. They needed him for exploitative photography. So what they do, so Hopkins... Uh, Baldwin, well, Baldwin is the one that wants to use the guy. So yeah, Baldwin, is, Baldwin is going Baldwin. to it, and he basically tells Anthony Hopkins, whose character is a very, he's an incredibly well-read um, human being. And, and that's why Al McPherson loves him. And that's why Al McPherson <laughs> loves him. It is not for his money. Never. It is not for his old, saggy testicles. It is for oh, his my. intelligence. Now, so Baldwin and, but of course, Baldwin obviously has a bit sexual tension with, with McPherson. So obviously. there is this, there I is mean, this conflict between Baldwin and Hopkins. Hopkins is basically like, you know, the, the, the first thing he says before the disaster, mm-hmm. or the last thing he says is, so when are you going to kill me? Because he knows that Baldwin wants him out of the picture so he can, sure. you know, bed the wife. Anyway, they That's, that is how that works. So they take so they take a, a, a small plane, you know, one of those like puddle jumper planes. They take a small plane and <laughs> puddle jumper. They take yeah. they go they go fifty miles or thereabout, and they get to the guy's cabin. But while they while they land there he, on his cabin, there's a note that says that he has gone fishing another twenty miles north. So they take the Love note. A bear. They take the note with him with them. And then they get back in the plane, go up, and this is where the disaster happens. Great. So, geese. <laughs> you know geese. Everyone oh, it's knows always geese. geese. Everyone knows a geese. You know, well, let geese? me tell you what. Geese and planes don't mix. I know. Disastrous. Disastrous consequences. So geese fly into the plane. The plane goes down. <laughs> there are three survivors. There's Baldwin, Hopkins. Okay, okay, okay. There's Baldwin Hopkins. This is feeling more disastrous. And to me. like Baldwin's assistant, um, who is uh, like a, I don't know what the actor's name is, but he's very good while he lasts. Okay, so spoilers. Spoilers. So basically, it turns into yes, a survivalist 
uh, plot because these you basically have what do you do when you have a a um, an arrogant photographer a uh, you know a, a cultured millionaire that has too many books in his head and then a poor like photograph assistant sure and they should how, all eat each other and how do like they alive. survive yes exactly yeah. alive which is one of the great disaster films. Uh, yeah, so how do they survive this wilderness? And uh, immediately Hopkins, be it becomes apparent that Hopkins is going to use his wits. Baldwin is going to use his brute. Yes. And the third guy is just around until he's going to die. <laughs> now, but the best... That, so, to me, all right, so I, I totally recognize that today's episode is maybe probably more like what's my favorite disaster film as opposed to what I think is the objective best disaster film. But I think it's worth it because it will expose people to the film that oh. might not have otherwise seen it. So I'm feeling very exposed. So the greatest the greatest thing about it is I can I can help with that. The greatest thing about it though is the fact that it is the it, it develops this not only man versus man but man versus beast dynamic, because the whole time they're there they're hunted by a grizzly bear, <laughs> and this grizzly bear is brilliant. His name is Bart the Bear. Every time you've seen a movie from basically 1970 through 2000 that had a bear, it was Bart. Mm -hmm. He's the only and oldest and most active working grizzly bear in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. He's, oh, the actor bear, not the character bear. No, that yes, no, the actor bear. He was really a leading bear. Um, <laughs> wow. And he stood when he stood up. He was like seven and a half or eight feet tall. Was nine feet seven and a half inches. Feet. Okay, so Bart the Bear, huge, absolutely oh, brilliant oh. in this film. And so, basically, <laughs> long story short, the bear eats the third guy <laughs> in a vicious sequence. And then uh, from there... Did we, you see The Revenant? Is it as bad as The Revenant? I did not see The Revenant. Oh, okay. and, and I bet it's not as bad as that. Um, but yeah, because like no CGI, right? Or maybe some, but not great. There was, yes, there was no CGI in this film. Definitely he no just CGI. just ate the guy. <laughs> he just he's, ate he's, a guy. Well, screamed, that's why you don't ball. remember the actor's I will say this, it happens late at night, so that oh, helps yeah, a lot. Like it, 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 it hides it in shadow and darkness. Yeah. Um, I've only seen this movie once. I do not remember. All so that. it's been a while. Then it becomes. I feel like I saw it on TNT once, but oh, it's not as good as TNT. It's not as good on TNT because <laughs> the other great thing about this film, and I will probably get in some hot water here, is its writing. This is a movie by the master wordsmith David Mamet. So this is basically Glenn Gary Glenn Ross meets the wilderness. And in yeah. that sense of Mametian dialogue, it is highly uh, aggressive, highly masculine, very repetitive. Um, and there's this <laughs> there's this fantastic sequence where Anthony Hopkins is trying to psych up Alec Baldwin, who is who's convinced that they're going to die uh, because the bear is just going to get them. The bear is, is stalking them for miles and miles. And so Hopkins is like, no, we're going to kill the bear. And then Baldwin's like, I don't think so. And he's like, no, we're going to kill the bear. We're going to kill the bear. Say it. Say it. I'm going to kill the bear. Say it. I'm going to kill the bear. And then they, it becomes this Meisner-esque repetition exercise of, I'm going to kill the bear. I'm going to kill the so bear. this is why you I'm going to kill the bear. And then, and then it ends with Anthony Hopkins like cutting his hand and putting the bloodstained cloth on the end of his spear, and he was like, "I'm gonna kill the motherfucker." Oh yeah, and it's intense. You have to like watch it on YouTube. It's a great 
sequence. Sure. It's a great sequence. I'm gonna kill the motherfucker. I'm gonna kill the motherfucker. That's it. And anyway, I won't say how it ends. One of them survives. Mm. It's maybe not who you would expect. The bear. And it's, <laughs> spoiler, it's not the bear. It's, <laughs> it's a great film. It's it, it. My dad brought me to the movies to watch it. You know, we used to do these things where my mom would go out of town with her like friends. They would sometimes go to like Vegas or Disney World or something, and it would be like Dad Week, in which we ate out every night because he couldn't boil water, and <laughs> we would go to the movies a lot. And I remember we saw this one. Was it rated R? Does it say it was rated R? Like it was Mammoth. I, I, feels I, I like, can't imagine that a David Cameron right. movie is not rated R. Right, right. So, Dad, you know, you know, took me, I was 12, so obviously not yet of our viewing age. So that was terribly exciting. But I also did, so I, I never do research, but I did uh, happen across some information casually that said that The Edge is actor Jenna Fisher's favorite film. Oh. And she makes a point to watch it at least once a year. That's fun. I like oh, that. That's <laughs> nice. That's so nice. if you like Pam from The Office and you like two guys trying to kill a grizzly, my God, The Edge is for you. Best disaster film. Even though Natalie says it's not a disaster film. It's not a disaster film. I say it is. It kind of reminds me of that other, um, that other great disaster movie, movie Legends of the Fall. Yeah, remember that one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Where Anthony Hopkins does have like a vendetta with a bear, but There's, then but I think Brad is also it. in that movie. That's also the same bear. It's, it's the same bear. Same bear. He was also the same bear from the Great Outdoors. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like at the Academy Awards. Well, yeah. Was, what yes, about Gentle Ben? Wait, what did you say? Gentle Ben. What about Gentle Ben? Because uh, that bear was so gentle. The assistant is Harold Perrineau. I think I'm saying that correctly. Oh, yeah, for from, um, And Romeo and Juliet, Mercutio. Yes, that's who he was. Yes, oh. yes. Okay. I, haven't seen him in a, I haven't seen him in a film Oz in years. and Lost in The Matrix. Yeah, that guy's good. He's, He's great. great. Yeah. He's a very good guy. He's good. So, Can you get a cord to plug Claire? Yes, I will now get a cord to plug Claire. But that's my thing. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm great. I, you know, I'm into it. I, I'm into it. I feel like it counts as a disaster movie. I mean, it's like it's like a square and a rectangle. Like I think a disaster survival movies are a category of disaster. Movies. Wasn't on my radar. Was not on my radar. Well, I'm just going to say I looked up everyone's Wikipedia um, <laughs> entry, and everyone else it starts with blank 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 is a blank blank disaster film, and AJ's the only <laughs> one that goes. The Edge is a 1997 American survival film. It's the mm. only one. Yeah. Because I'm going to explain just a bunch because of well, just, well, all of our movies are also going to include people surviving shit, but they're not they're not categorized as a survival. They're not surviving a bear. That's oh true. no, no. Well, guess what? Our people are surviving, so don't worry. I would certainly not survive a bear attack. God help me if I ever dead, get attacked y'all. by a bear. We'd all be dead. Yeah, I'd be but, dead. Wow. Actually, does in any disaster, I would be dead. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Yeah, I've just got a real, like, possum attitude. I just lay down and be done. That, that would have made the killing the bear a lot less fun. Let's just lay, let's just lay down and die and let the motherfucker think we're dead. Uh, but then actually die in the process because I, I you know. All right. Fine. It's a disaster. <laughs> go watch the sequence and enjoy. We'll see. Okay. Claire, would you like to go next? Uh, you bet I would. 
Um, I have a lot of things to say, surprisingly. Great. So, um, uh, listeners, you might be surprised to learn about me. You might not be if you listen to the show frequently, but I have the memory of a tsetse fly. So when Natalie said that this was going to be the topic, I was like, oh, shit balls. I have no idea what I'm going to choose. I don't, uh, disaster movies make me so anxious. Like I just mentioned, I always just think about how fast I would die in any situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and recently we did independence day entirely from memory and I had to watch the movie and I was like sweating after watching it so profusely. My heart was racing. I was like, I got to have a lay down and a cold beverage because I get so worked up. But then Claire of the past reached out Cried out to me from from the abyss. I think uh, the abyss being the best on screen couple episode. I want to say because there is there is a connection, but it could have been a completely unrelated episode where I talked extemporaneously about this film. Sure. And I was like, oh my god, of course, I have to argue my favorite film, which is the 1996 film Twister. Uh, yeah. I that. yeah, I thought it might be mentioned um, a disaster film. Yeah, a disaster film through and through. Textbook. Uh, Textbook. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Twister was written by Michael Crichton. I did know um, that. And it was script doctored by Joss Whedon, although he's not credited. But apparently he was the script doctor. He was one of the script doctors. Interesting. Um, Yeah. And it is based loosely on a PBS special about storm chasers and also the film His Girl Friday (laughs) is what what Michael Crichton said. Amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's all there. I mean, it's all there. Uh, it was directed by Jan de Bont. Yep. What a great name. Jan de Bont. Ever. <laughs> he, you might know his work. He did Speed and Speed 2 Cruise Control. Yep. And he mm. also received five, five Razzie nominations for The Haunting in 1999. Yeah. It wasn't um, that bad. It was pretty bad. It was that bad. It was <laughs> 100% that bad. I thought, I enjoyed was that with Catherine Zeta-Jones? Big time. I enjoyed it. Was, <laughs> it was with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Lily Taylor and Liam Neeson. Yep. Owen Wilson. Well, maybe I'm thinking of The Haunting of Hill House. Did that come out the same year? It did, but Catherine Zeta-Jones wasn't in that one. Okay. Right. But The Haunting one with Catherine Zeta-Jones is the one that's based on the book, The Haunting, the Haunting of Hill House. Hill House. Okay. But The Haunting of Hill House movie is based on... Nothing. The, <laughs> it, 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 that's another pod. Um, <laughs> Twister was the first DVD ever created and also the last HD DVD ever created. Wow. What a weird piece of information. Beautiful bookends to this brief blip in our technological lives. Um, That's weird. So... I'd like to take a moment to talk about the star-studded cast that features a ragtag gaggle of character actors that we all know and love. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I thought I thought to make this a little fun um, game. One of these people is not real, so you can pick out which one is not real. I bet I know. Okay, to begin, Uh, we start with "Mad About You," Helen Hunt. Mm Uh, she plays opposite of the insane line readings of Bill Paxton. He's so wonderful. Um, Carrie Elwes, my first crush from yeah. the live-action Jungle Book, not actually from The Princess Bride, but oh my God, I loved him. <laughs> Here is his audition for the lame stepdad in Liar Liar. Uh, and then we have 
star from The Lost Boys, Jamie Gertz. Yep. Or Jammy Gertz? Yummy. I think it's Yummy Gertz. <laughs> yummy. Definitely Yummy. Yes. Can't spare a square. We also have Lois Smith, everyone's kindly old Southern relative to this day. She still plays that role <laughs> to this day. Yep. Um, so Phil Hoffman, who almost hit my husband in a van, rest in peace. Yep. Oh. Uh, Alan Ruck, who co-starred alongside known sex offender Jeffrey Jones as Cameron and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There it is. Jeffrey Jones. Double J is back. away. Um, Sean Whalen, who is literally in everything, including a 2013 vehicle called Wet and Reckless. Oh, that sounds erotic. Um... <laughs> Todd Field, who was in both Roseanne and Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, wow. <laughs> David Graham, who was in Party of Five, Melrose Place, and Models, Inc., also known as the Holy Trinity. <laughs> Joey Slotnick from The Single Guy, and Pete says he's a well-known stage actor. Uh, Wendell Josepher from Last Action Hero and my other favorite film, North. <laughs> Jeremy Davies from Nell secretary and spanking the monkey yep. a film about incest <laughs> and uh he was also in saving private ryan and zach uh grenier grenier i think grenier who was in my favorite john candy film delirious and also tommy boy <laughs> and that is the cavalcade of wonderful performers we have not a lot of women just two but or, no three. <laughs> three. three 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 um wait which one so, is fake uh, one what of do you think? I don't. And that's that's for you to decide. <laughs> I think there's like three names I don't recognize. So yeah, it's yeah. one of the three that I don't recognize. Yeah, I'm gonna it's say one that. One of those. It, well, I don't. Well, I don't remember Alan Ruck. Yeah, he's he was 100 percent in yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the map guy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've seen yeah. Twister once. Oh, I watched it last week. <laughs> 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 I chose to go um, living my life. I mean, most of them are like the stories. Um, but I grew up in Arkansas, so I think that like this disaster was very clear and present danger for me growing up. So sure. it really, yeah. it really hit me where I live. Mm -hmm. um, and also, we only had two DVDs when I was young because they were new, and it was Twister and Austin Powers, and I watched them on rotation. Wow, uh, pretty pretty much none. Those are different. I I also remember playing Storm Chasers as a child. Me and my friend Mary Elizabeth would get in her mom's Suburban and pretend like we were chasing tornadoes uh, because I thought that was a really cool... I think that, that seemed like a very cool and very, like, attainable job path when I was young. Because, um, you know, you're just chasing shit. This movie is the perfect combo of digital and practical effects... Uh, sexual tension, yeah. fear and disaster anxiety, humor and levity. The scene where Alan Ruck and Wendell Josepher are singing Oklahoma in the car oh, is yeah. like brilliant. Yeah. Um, and an appropriate use of the scariest thing in the 90s, cornfields. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. And also the not so scary parts of The Shining are also in it, which is nice. So it's sort of like, oh, yeah, I saw The Shining. There's a kid in the hallway. Um, <laughs> yeah, watching that was Twister when I was little made me want to watch The Shining right. outdoors. Uh -huh. And then a few yeah. years ago, one of the hotels played The Shining like outdoors on a hotel rooftop. And I went and watched well, it. And it was awesome. <laughs> also, there are like two or three real life in instances of a Twister hitting um, drive-ins drive where Twister was playing. 
Oh, wow. Oh, damn. That's um, terrifying and horrible. Oh, boy. That's yeah. God I getting mean, meta. They might not be real. I don't know. But <laughs> no, I saw it on the real. internet. I feel like where there are drive-in theaters, that's where tornadoes happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, It was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Sound Design, but it lost to The English Patient. Oh, which apparently oh, a the sound. Classic sound. Of, all yes. that desert wind like blowing. Ray Fiennes is laying right next right to you, whispering into your ear. Yeah. Um, and I read this today that the sound of the tornadoes are digitally manipulated camel moans. Sure. Wow. So that's great. Yeah, that checks that's out. Weird. Mm-hmm. Like it. Uh, and there were also multiple instances of the speakers in theaters being blown out at movie theaters because those nados were so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> um. And in terms of the legacy, there's a Twister Museum in Wakita, Oklahoma, where Aunt Meg lives, and I would love to go. Oh. If anybody would like to take me to Wakita when it's not like tornado season, because I'm terrified of tornadoes, I'd love to go and see everything. It's a Twister the Movie Museum. It's a Twister the Movie Museum. Oh, okay. Well, I'll take a road trip with, to you with there one day. One day. I don't know <laughs> we'll when tornadoes to you with there. Yeah, I don't know where tornado um, tornadoes happen. But I'll, I'll wait to see your pictures on Instagram. Great. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Yeah, I, I think it is the house that was Meg's house. Oh, uh, the like the set light. house was turned into a museum. Great. Um, I think is what I read. I didn't go too deep in it, into it, but also uh, after Bill Paxton died. The Spotter oh, Network yeah. choreographed 200 storm chasers to spell out BP with their GPS tracker blips on it's, a radar to, the, so to honor him, wow. which is the cutest thing ever. Yeah, it was and really he, sweet when he, they did that. He is one of like five people who's ever gotten that salute, and he was the only like non-storm chaser to get, to get it. it. Yeah, people so, who like chase tornadoes fucking love this movie and love Bill Yes. <laughs> I mean, the way he says... I think we're going in as he's driving into the house that rolls into the road is exquisite. Like I have no notes for his performance. Yeah. No, he's great. He's so good in that movie. Uh, and so um, Jamie Gertz with the cows, all the cows. Oh yeah. Yummy Gertz. <laughs> I gotta go. I think we got cows. Oh, I also read that the cow that flies by was a, like uh, a digital skin put on the zebra from Jumanji. The like flies by. <laughs> so it's the same mean? thing. The Williams, not the Johnson. Explain that. What does that mean? It was a digital skin put on a zebra? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang they on. like they they created the like digital model of a horse that they used as a zebra in Jumanji, and then they just like made it a cow for you know, like how they made uh, Beauty and the Beast was actually sleeping beauty, that kind of deal. Oh, oh. No, I thought Beauty and the Beast was Danny DeVito. I literally have no idea what you're talking about, but that's, I'm going to look it up because that's, it sounds like crazy It's like, to me. it's computer science. Okay, got it. It, it Great. tracks. Yeah. Great. Um, they also had, like, helicopters actually drop giant shit in the road. So, like, when the semi gets dropped, that was, like, a real semi getting dropped. Um so there were lots of like really cool practicals that happened. Also, I think that I read that the semi, it like drops and then it explodes, right? Yeah. And they fucked it up the first time and it cost them like $500,000 oh. because they had to get another one to drop. That's a bummer. I love that kind of shit. Yeah. And they used jet engines to create the wind to make it look like the wind was, you know, jet engine strength. Yeah. And they literally blinded Helen and Bill burning their retinas with the lighting they were using to like simulate storm lighting oh yeah i read about, i mean temporarily yeah, I read like, about they, that. they got their sight back 
Um, and it is crazy. The way the end of the movie is lit, it does feel like that like very scary tornado light that only happens when a tornado is around. Yeah. Um, so I guess it was worth it to blind a couple of people. Yeah. 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 I think it's fine. Well, I think that part of the reason she won the Academy Award like two years later is that she performed that role while blind. <laughs> and no one, no, no, one no one knows that. None the wise. Very few knew that. It's the only way she got it, the love scenes with Jack. It was a powerful, it was a powerful <laughs> performance. It's true. And no one would have known. I, I mean, wow. I, she's she's exquisite, exquisite in this movie. It's like peak Helen Hunt. Yeah, yeah. it's really great. It's peak. That is good. Good good hair. Good um, hair flips. Yeah, really good. Such good hair. Like nobody has hair like that. Mm-hmm. God, what I wouldn't give. Natalie kind of has hair like that. <laughs> <laughs> just like beautiful, wild but coiffed hair. Yeah, yeah. And she just wears like a, a white tank top. I know. Yeah, that's all she needs. Yeah, she wears like white tank and khakis for like it's, the entire it's like movie. Midwest. Yes. Laura Croft. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a vibe. Ugh. Yeah, between so her good. and '90s Laura Dern, it's dangerous. It is like, dangerous. Like, like, yeah. dangerous. Laura Dern apparently was approached for this role, of but she, she turned it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the list of people approached for these roles is incredible. Like Garth Brooks, my fave, um, was asked to be the Philip Seymour Hoffman role, and he turned it down. Oh. Michael Keaton was asked to be the Bill Paxton role, and he turned it down. Oh. Who was? Michael Keaton? Keaton. Keaton. Oh. That would have been different. Keaton. would have been his greatest performance. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It, it would have been good. Like, there's no part of me that thinks that wouldn't have been good. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it was they asked to play the Carrie Elwes part, but he wasn't their original pick. I think it was Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was probably Danny DeVito, but as the penguin. Yes. He was big. That's all I have to say. It's a perfect film. Um, If you Google, like, what's the best disaster movie, people will argue about other films, but everybody kind of comes back around to, like, (laughs) actually... What I truly love is just a good old twister. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things to watch ever. Like I said, I watched it last week. It's so silly. It's so, like, uh, wonderful. And when they go through the cornfield and they're opening the doors and trying to get out of the car in the cornfield, like, there's no way a human being could do that unless they were Bill Paxton or Helen Hunt. Correct. Because that would kill a man. Yeah. Do they still have the twister experience at Universal? I don't uh, think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it got re- it got long gone. Yeah, no, no kids know that <laughs> Twister was any. There is also last thing I'll say. Maybe um, <laughs> is there's a moment where uh, in the film where Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton like take a shortcut through a cornfield. It's not at the end when they're like driving up to the Twister, um, but it's early on. They take a shortcut and then they pull out in the road right next to the Carrie Elwes Brigade, mm-hmm. and you just see a full. Naked man standing in the cornfield for like seconds. Awesome. Like it's very hard to see, but it's not an extra. That's just a dude who is naked in the cornfield and they caught him on camera. Oh, and amazing. It's yeah. incredible. And I feel like bad for him because like that was his day and he was like doing his thing <laughs> and everybody got all up in his business. But at least he is preserved, preserved in celluloid for me. me. Yeah, forever. Yeah, I love That's Twister. all I have to say. Great choice. Yeah. Lovely. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Excellent. I'm, I'm happy that I got to talk about it even more than I did last time because yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> Excellent cow, Aunt Meg. <laughs> Such, uh, good. Such good cow. I miss Philip Seymour Hoffman, even yeah. though he tried to kill Pete with a 
Dan. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even that sorry, according to Pete. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> All right, Keithy, do you want to go next? It's to me then. Yes. Um, yes, I would love to go next. Um, obviously, we've yet to hear Natalie's pick, but I of, of the ones that have been mentioned, I can say with confidence that mine is the only that was produced by the quote, unquote, master of disaster. <laughs> so I hope everyone's ready for this. He did many disaster films, um, but the one that we're going to be discussing um, at not too much length is um, from 1972, so we're going back a bit. Yeah. This was the heyday of the disaster film. Now, there have been, like, you know, Yeah, I feel, like several the, I feel like the 70s and the 90s are, like, fucking prime disaster films. Now, yeah. of course, you can kill a bear. Yeah. You can hide from a tornado. No, you can't. You cannot. Au <laughs> contraire. Oh, that is the lesson we learn in the first 10 minutes of Twister. They'll find you. Sorry, but, go on. But what do you do if there's an underwater earthquake? <laughs> Good question. Well, producer Erwin Allen and director Ronald Neem tried to figure that out in the 1972 literal adventure, The Poseidon Adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the 2006 film because I watched 10 minutes of that. So bad. Was and that just called Poseidon? It was. It was. Yeah. You mean Titanic? No. <laughs> nope. The 2006 film had, in the first 10 minutes, had two songs by Fergie and I was done. Yep, I saw that movie Ooh. in the movie theater. Oof. Did <laughs> um, you like Fergie? <laughs> so this movie has everything. Now, by everything, I mean Gene Hackman with hair, <laughs> Grandpa Joe, Roddy McDowell with an Irish accent. Ernest Borgnine in a deep V, <laughs> and the combined talents of 15 Academy Award winners. Yeah, it's insane. So in, mm-hmm. addition, in addition to those named, we have Red Buttons, yep. who's heartbreaking, Shelley Winters, who's ultra heartbreaking, okay. um, Stella Stevens, who's a sassy former prostitute, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen in a serious role. Yeah, it's crazy. He's the captain of the ship. That's right. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> we have two screaming beauties, who I do not know their characters' names because they're there just to scream, yep. and an annoying kid, oh, which yeah. is a critical element for a disaster film, in my opinion. <laughs> the annoying kid. True. Um, mm. So, well, the film starts out, and there is a very spoiler-ridden title screen that says, at midnight on New Year's Eve, the SS Poseidon, en route from New York to Athens, met with disaster and was lost. There were only a handful of survivors. This is their story. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I, th- th- okay, so I think this movie is great for many reasons, but one of them is that it just starts like in the middle of the shit. There's a problem right away. Yeah. And the problem is that there's bad weather and there's this aggressive ownership rep on the boat who is like, we need to keep pressing on, we need to keep pressing on, and they don't have any time to collect ballast, which is bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> that feels like a boat thing. Yeah, it is a boat thing. Um, but there's no ballast, and Leslie Nielsen is very upset about it. Okay. Okay. So More the, ballast. So then, as they're prepping for the New Year's Eve party, we found out there's an undercarter, underwater earthquake that causes a tsunami and overturns the ship just after midnight. All of this happens within the first 30 minutes of the movie, which I love. There's no, like, world building. There's nothing like that. <laughs> Who needs it when there's just upside down? People go into a party, and then a massive wave crashes into the boat, and yeah. it goes, it goes uh, oh, you know, flips over. Uh, so there is uh, Roddy McDowell, of course, and Gene Hackman, who's this, like, progressive minister in a turtleneck. Um, <laughs> love that. They decide that they need to climb up, which is actually down, and they do so by using a giant Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Um, all the ship staff that is still alive is saying, no, we have to stay put. 
you know, the emergency team is coming, and then only uh, 10 people uh, go up, uh, and then after an explosion, the uh, promenade that they're in starts filling with water, and everybody trying, like, rushes the tree, and the tree falls over very dramatically. They're all lost. We got 10 Dead. people left. Dead. Um, there's twists and turns, literally lots of yelling, and um, eventually, I'm not going to spoil the whole movie here, but six make it out. Yeah. Six of the 10. Um, so there's, I mean, there's, there's That's actually a lot. That's more than half. It's a pretty, it's pretty good numbers. But, um, what I, what I love about the movie, and again, I love many things, is that like a lot of those stars do not make it. Yeah. There's, and I love it when a, when a famous person dies in the movie, like a really famous big star. Oh, you might love the edge. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as far as the production, uh, you know, uh, what I noticed in this most recent rewatch is that it's shot with kind of like blurred framing. I don't know anything about film. But it's it's like this portrait mode thing that like on phones that like mm-hmm. everything is filmed with now. Yeah. Like anything on oh, Netflix. Like vignette. Yes, it's like all like like the framing of all of the shots. So it's like blurred. Yeah. Which is very popular now. Yeah. I think it's called a Gaussian blur. Could be. I have oh. no idea. I don't. I believe it's it is called facts. a Gaussian. It has something to do with ballast. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> um, More ballast. You I thought it was like shallow. It. Shallow focus or something, because that that new like dumb zombie movie in Vegas that has Tignataro yeah, uh, CGI'd into it. Yeah. That one is is also filmed in like an old way where everything on the edges is everything blurred. is very blurry. Look yeah. at that, see? Yeah, I noticed that when I watched that movie. Erwin Allen for Tignataro. Erwin Allen's also mentioned in Ocean's Thirteen <gasps> when they need to think up a natural disaster to mess with. Um, Pacino. They do. And they tell him they got to pull an Irwin Allen. They do say that. Yeah. Uh, that makes me happy. And me. Brad Pitt goes in and says there's going to be an earthquake to like knock over that. And he's got the, yeah. That's an Irwin Allen. Uh, oh, the effects are very good. So good, in fact, that they were given a special Academy Award for visual effects. Ooh. Um, Was that the first year? First year. Nice. That's uh, cool. Very cool. Wow. That is cool. It must have been like extremely harrowing though, because this movie—I mean, like again, it's 1972, and so that everything is practical, yeah. and they're just like in water for a very long yeah. amount of time. Yeah. Um, oh, and Jesus. the movie I was grappling with, uh, there were two that I was not sure about. Both Irwin Allen's uh, '72's *Beside Adventure* and '74's *The Towering Inferno*. Mm. Um, also, really fucking good movie. Great movie. Um, yeah. But they got same thing, just fire. It's same <laughs> fire. And um, and they but they got a little too cute with this. I guess it's very early days of CGI, and it's terrible. Yeah. Um, so that's not good. Um, that's one of the reasons this is better than uh, Towering Inferno. The other reason this movie is under two hours. Yeah. Towering Inferno is two hours and forty five minutes. Wow. And it gets real boring when they're like, "Oh no, there's more fire." <laughs> that's too long. But when you think about it, it's you know a boat filling with water, so it kind of happens in real time. Yeah, you've only got so much time. Which is like the, I mean, the movie starts. They're like, oh no, underwater earthquake! Five, four, three, two, one! Yay! Boat yeah. over, flips over. <laughs> Um, Which I think was like the joke about Titanic that it actually the Titanic sank faster than that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the movie was like three, almost three hours. Very long, long very long film. Um, so the movie is very gritty. Very real, super claustrophobic. Um, nominated for nine Academy Awards, uh, it won two. Shelley Winters was nominated. You got it, y'all. If you haven't seen this movie, please check it's it out. Really good. Specifically for her performance, and Gene Hackman's wonderful as well. Ernest Borgnine starts on eleven and never relents. Ever, ever. So when he's carrying the Christmas tree and he's like, "This is fucking heavy." Yeah. And that that apparently was just him reacting to how heavy the actual Christmas tree was when he picked it up. There's. <laughs> 
there's some wonderful like melodramatic quotes. There's uh, Linda, his wife, is like, "Shoot me, Mike, for Christ's sake, just shoot me." Uh, Leslie Nielsen gets two wonderful ones, even though he's in like five minutes of the film. He has, "Damn it, man, the Poseidon is too fine a lady to be rushed to the junkyard on her last voyage." And then, of course, God. you irresponsible bastard. <laughs> wow. Another one for Linda here is that they need her to climb the tree, and Gene Hackman's like, you can't climb the tree in, in your dress. And Ernest Borgnine's like, she's got nothing on under there. <laughs> and Gene Hackman, the minister, is like, is that true? And she goes, just panties. What else do I need? Uh, <laughs> That's why he loses the shirt, and then we get the deep V. Um, and then Ernest Borgnine, oh, you took from me the only thing I ever loved in the whole world. It's very Charlton Heston. Um, and then, of course, Gene Hackman. You want another life? Then take me! <laughs> Maybe my favorite tagline of any film is just, the Poseidon Adventure, hell upside down. Uh, oh, that's a really powerful. good tagline. Uh, that's excellent tagline. And uh, yeah, yeah, I was really not, I wasn't sure. I used to watch these movies a lot uh, with my mom. She loved these movies. And uh, they came on HBO, I think. And, All the time. That's and, where yeah. I watched them. So it was like Towering Inferno, Side Adventure, Water Fire, What's a Scarier Way to Go. Um, it's, it's, an hour, it's an hour shorter. That's great. And, uh, and I think, um, well, more like important people die sure. <laughs> in, in yeah, Side yeah. Adventure. I think more people actually might die in Towering Inferno because it's 135 story building but um but yeah i mean uh that that's it gene hackman turtleneck hair i <laughs> also love a disaster movie that takes place like like a batman returns or um a die hard uh, anything that takes place at the holidays is like yeah. always just yeah, a yeah. little bit more like fun for some reason oh yeah <laughs> no i agree yeah i agree just busting up the new year's party with oh, you know i hope sure home alone that's yeah really i mean is that a disaster movie Such of a disaster film you know, I mean, an underwater earthquake does ruin a party. It does. So what are you going to do? And uh, I think that's it. Don't say so the 2006 one. They actually like go right out of the gate even quicker. It's like two Fergie songs. Boats flipped over. Is it that, uh, they don't even know that it's coming. It's like the, the captain's like, Richard, what is that? Richard Dreyfuss is in that one, right? He is. Yeah. Uh, plays a gay man. Yeah. Yeah. That he thro- terrible. He throws his phone over and is about to jump yeah. to his demise. And then it's like, oh, look, a giant wave. And then the movie's like yeah. starting. So. Dreyfus has easily one of the most inconsistent Hollywood careers of any famous actor. It's uh, Josh Lucas, Kurt yeah, Russell. Yeah. It's real bad. Emmy Rossum. Ooh, it's extra bad. <laughs> Ooh, that movie's extra bad. I'm going to watch it sometime this week. Sure. <laughs> but, um, I, love watching, I love watching terrible movies. <laughs> but unless you did um, Beyond Poseidon Adventure, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you got. There. I didn't. I did a movie that we have all made fun of, though. The, oh. the entire time today. So oh. Good. <laughs> Another aquatic adventure Another movie? Another aquatic adventure movie. I think. Oh, good. This was my second choice, so I'm very happy. Um, see, and I really thought I was going to pick Armageddon. I was pretty, pretty dead set that I was going to pick Armageddon. I fucking love Armageddon sure. as a movie. Wow. I love I love it when Bruce Willis gets to actually be funny. Mm-hmm. I love Ben Affleck in a tank top in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Steve, Busch- Steve Buscemi, Owen Wilson, Michael Clark Duncan. I love all those dudes in that movie. That movie is real fun to watch. But I don't think it is as epic as the three-hour and 14-minute mm-hmm. epic romance disaster film from 1997 brought to you by the narcissistic king of the world himself, James Cameron. Mm. Of course I'm speaking of 
Titanic. Yes. Oh, yes. Which is the greatest disaster film of all time. Every night in I mean, night they pretty much copied Poseidon Adventure. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> they copied Poseidon Adventure. I cannot believe you're not doing Independence Day. I was certain you I were doing Independence Day. I did that for Alien Day. movie. I couldn't do it twice. Oh my god, you're right. That's why it seems so obvious to me. I thought you were going to go with like one of the earthquake volcano shits. I, it, uh, it, for a long time, it was a toss-up between doing like Dante's Peak or Armageddon. And I was like, I got to do Titanic. It's like too epic. What about volcano, volcano with Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, I, yeah, but Dante's Peak has <laughs> no, 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 Rosden sure. and Hesh. And it's a, Volcano has Anne Hesh, Hesh and yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Oh, because oh, I, I just watched Volcano also. And, so and, like, yeah, the, tar, the Tar Pits are <laughs> yeah, a very yeah. important Ooh, character. Yeah. So so I didn't do any of that. I picked Titanic, y'all. And here's the other thing. I, I love it. If you know anything about me, you know how much I love Billy Zane and his wig. So like, <laughs> if I didn't pick Titanic, it would seem really weird. <laughs> That's actually the sponsor of the episode. I hope you enjoy your time together. Yeah. Yes, Billy Zane's wig is the real sponsor. episode is brought to you by Billy Zane's really the story wig. of a man and his wig. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So I'm going to go through just a little bit of information because I'm pretty sure we all know the plot of Titanic. Yeah, I think <laughs> on my birthday. Pretty well. Fresh it did. Um, it hit an iceberg and it sank. Oh, yes. That's right. <laughs> and a lot right. of that really, is... really rich, wealthy people died. Yes. Um, yes. I was so, thinking of something else. That even more poor people died. We're going on an hour. you got to shut up. So, um, yes, the sinking of the Titanic is considered to be a founding material of the disaster film genre <laughs> because they made movies about the Titanic a long fuck time ago. Sure. Also. It was nominated for 14 Academy Awards, tying mm. All About Eve for the most Oscar nominations of all time. Oh. It won 11 awards. It should not have. Just like and it was in theaters for like 19 years. Yes, <laughs> yes it was. It That's might true. still be in That's theaters. True. It was in theaters so long that when we all went and waited at Blockbuster for the midnight release of the two VHS um, two tapes, two, yeah, two tapes, it was still in movie theaters when it was released on VHS. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if this is true, but I feel like the the ship doesn't even go down until it tape two. Until tape, tape one is like yeah, I'm gonna get to it. Don't worry. Don't <laughs> sorry, worry. Sorry, I'm sorry, gonna, sorry. I'm gonna talk sorry. about my movie. I got excited. Um, yes, no. The first tape ends after they've hit the iceberg. With the director looking directly into, with the, I'm sorry, with the captain of the ship looking directly into Bruce Ismay, that son of a bitch's face, and going, well, Mr. Ismay, I believe you'll have your headlines. Mm. <laughs> because all that dude wanted was to get in like two days fucking early so that they could get all these headlines. Um, anyway, it was won 11 awards, one best picture, one best director. It won zero acting awards. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see, I could see why. Uh, but it was the first film to ever reach one billion dollars oh. in profit. So without inflation, wow. one billion. No, it reached one billion dollars. Um, it was only surpassed by that piece of shit movie Avatar. So oh. more. Also, James Cameron. Yeah, James Cameron. <laughs> I'm still kind of hung up on the acting thing. I thought the brief deal was so good. <laughs> um. Yes, and on April fourth in two thousand twelve, to com commemorate the centennial of the sinking. They re-released it into movies, and it earned an additional three hundred and forty-three mm -hmm. million dollars. Sure, sure. And then in twenty seventeen, yeah. it was re-released for the twentieth anniversary of the movie in three D, and made a whole bunch more movies uh, money. And it was then selected to be preserved in the United States National Film Registry in twenty seventeen. Sure. Um, yeah. So 
We all know that it was Leo who played Jack Dawson, um, who I think he was pretty perfect for that role. Like, 22-year-old Leonardo DiCaprio was spot on. James Cameron apparently really wanted River Phoenix. That was his first choice. Uh, By the time they got around to filming the movie, he had passed away, unfortunately. Matthew McConaughey, Chris O'Donnell, Billy Crudup, Stephen Dorff were all considered for this part. Um, Chris O'Donnell. um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, he said they were all too old. Tom Cruise wanted to do it, but he was too expensive. Too small. And, oh. <laughs> and Jer- James Cameron also wanted Jared Leto, but that little bitch refused to audition. Um, wow. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, calm okay. down, Jordan Catalano. Calm down. I was about down. to say, Catalano, get back in your calm box. Calm down. Um, so, Gwyneth Paltrow, Winona Ryder, Claire Danes, Gabrielle Anwar, and Reese Witherspoon were all considered for the role of Rose. Kate Winslet was not in very high consideration. She was, like, very, like, she had to, like, really beg to get this part. Really, really beg. I assume he thought she was too fat because everyone told Kate Winslet she was too fat when she was 20 years old. Uh, Um, So I just assumed that's what he was doing to her. But she eventually won him over, and she was perfect because she looks like she belongs in 1914 or 1912, whatever the fuck it was. She is so gorgeous, and she's perfect. And she's British, so she's a better actor than everybody. (laughs) <laughs> on that true, list at true. least um, so yeah the entire if we're going just on the DV on the VHS tape the first tape is nothing but is no, tape one is nothing but happiness and like beauty and you see like the terrible world in which Rose is living in the second half is all about surviving the ship that's like and from Iceberg hit on that shit like never ever stops mm-hmm. and it is like going 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 and I rewatched like the Iceberg like moment like before I came over and I love it when I watch movies and I'm like ooh maybe it won't hit the Iceberg yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I can get real into a movie this time it's like, alright I can get real into a movie like real fast and I was like really committed and I was like oh maybe it will not like that whole build up to it like maybe not hitting the Iceberg it's like very good and I love all the little dudes who play like the the ship people like all the like people on the ship all mm-hmm. the, like all those guys they're fucking great those people are yeah. those actors are great jobs um semen oh yes, yes all the semen <laughs> um that is the word you're searching but, for. but apparently if they would have just hit the iceberg straight on uh-huh. it, would've would've, it wouldn't have sank yeah but it would have been fine it would have gotten there like two days late it's because it gets It's because they yeah. went so so and and as Claire stated earlier, it took the move. It, the movie is longer than the actual sinking of the Titanic. Yeah. But to be clear, all of the scenes in this movie that take place in 1912, so only the 1912 scenes, take exactly two hours and 40 minutes, and that's exactly oh. how long it took for the Titanic to sink. Oh, that's kind of cool. Interesting. James. That was it. That was intentional. One hundred percent. That was it. James Cameron is a psychopath. Yeah. Of course, that was intentional. Um, and the iceberg collision in the movie was 37 seconds long, which is exactly how long it was in real life. So I think that's pretty cool. So fast. That's wild. Yeah. So, um, yes, that's the, the movie is just very fun to watch. If (laughs) if you haven't watched, just watch the second tape. It's a thrill, (laughs) y'all. I'm um, gonna borrow that second tape. Um, very yeah, stressful. It's Palms like are sweating. Spooky Palms when they're are in the water and the lights start going out. The yeah. ship starts making it's weird so scary. noises. And it's very scary. Oh. And it's very stressful. And it was apparently very scary and very stressful to, to film the movie. Sure. Kate Winslet quit, and James Cameron had to like beg her to come back in and all kinds oh, of shit. Really? It was a whole I mean, fucking disaster. It's like an eleven of a romance and an eleven of a disaster movie too. Like it's yeah. just like. It's like 
balls to the wall the whole time. Yeah, it's a lot. So let's just go over some of the best lines in this movie, which are, um, <laughs> a real man makes his own luck. Um, will the lifeboats be seated according to class? Um, you unimaginable bastard. I'd rather be his whore than your wife. Mm. I have a child. Yes, I'm um, a child. Music to drown by, now I know I'm in first class. This movie is endlessly quotable, y'all. Sure. <laughs> so, um, I also think it's fun when she spits, when uh, Kate Winslet spits in Billy Zane's face, they did it so much, she like ran out of saliva and she had to start spitting oh. lube at him. Oh. <laughs> and what's in the movie is just like a big lube, like spitball in his face, which I think is hilarious. Um, oh, he deserved it. Uh, yeah, big time. I mean, Cal sucks. Also that amazing moment where they cut back to Bill Paxton at, right before the, like, yeah, right, right after the, he draws like, her right nude. He draws oh. her nude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> also, Bill Paxton is in this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, another great reason. Yeah, you got my vote. Um, all of the stuntmen that were in, like, the boiler rooms and the engine rooms were no more than five feet tall. They hired only really short guys to make the engine rooms look really big and scary to everyone. Oh. Uh, well, Tom Cruise could have done that. <laughs> he could have. Um, the, the scene between Billy Zane and Kate Winslet where he flips a table at her and screams at her was all completely ad-libbed. So all of her oh reactions God. were completely honest, and she didn't know he was going to... Oh, you hate to hear that. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> and by nice, Why I mean terribly mean. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, there is... Oh, this is for Matt Jackson. Um, there is a Wilhelm scream <laughs> in oh. the movie. Oh. <laughs> There's a Wilhelm scream right after they hit... The iceberg and water splashes on the ship onto the crew, and there's a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> oh, I thought it was when the guy like hits the propeller. That's what I've no, always thought it was. It's not at that, but that's also a really excellent. And he starts flipping, flipping, flipping. Yeah, that's an excellent. So episode. upsetting. Um, and the little guy who's on the back of them when they're like climbed up on the top of the ship and they're holding on. Yeah. The little guy, the like the kitchen guy who's got like a flask. That's based off of a real person. Mm. He was one of the only survivors pulled from the water. <laughs> um, but he was a baker. He was like the head baker on the Titanic. And he had also, I believe, um, lived through like the SS Oregon's ship sinking. So oh, that Jesus. motherfucker knew how to get around. Jesus. <laughs> um, the last remaining survivor of um, the Titanic died in 2009. She was invited to the premiere of this movie, but she was like, no thanks. Don't want to see it later. Um, But she was nine weeks old when she was on the ship. Wow. She was the youngest person on the ship and she was the last survivor of the Titanic. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other really exciting things other than like, it's based off of an actual fucking disaster. (laughs) This movie is crazy, crazy. It was also just like, the biggest movie of our childhood slash adolescence that like ever existed. It was a global phenomenon. Does it have the record for the most Oscars of any film? Well, I, if you listen to when we talked at the beginning of <laughs> Well, you said most nominations. But <laughs> it was tied and then it won 11. So it's it didn't, I don't think, no, it tied Ben-Hur okay. with 11. Right. Um, so no. <laughs> but Ben-Hur was the only movie that came out that year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, also, I also just think, and this is not so much about the movie, I guess, but isn't it crazy that if you think about if there was a fucking, like, a shipwreck happening, do you think, I mean, I'm not going to include you all in this, I guess, men, <laughs> but, like, do you think it'd be women and children first still? Like, uh, do you think these million, you think Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, what? which was... Well, John Jacob Astor was the richest man, like, in the fucking world at the time. And he was like, 
see you later. I'm going to die here on this ship because but, that's what I'm supposed to do. I mean, Bezos wouldn't travel with, like, us. So. I get, well, yeah, I guess yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he would just, he's like. Going to a, he's going to space this week. Where yeah. hopefully he'll die and never come back. Yeah, but like, <laughs> or just, like, stay. And, like, he can first sign of trouble, he would have, like, a drone come pick sure, him up. but I'm just saying. So, but like, I understand. But, like, uh, that sort of, like, behavior does not exist in today's world anymore. No, I don't we're, think you would see that. No, we're, we're, no we're, like, the we've just met Billy Zane so. on this ship, and they're like, we're just going to, like, I love it when, like, the guy was playing Guggenheim. He's like, nope, we're dressed in our best, and we're going to go down on the ship. He's like, we want some brandy, though. That'd be great. And that's, like, apparently what Benjamin Guggenheim said. Like, he's, like, quoted, like, surviving. and like, nope, that's what he did. He, like, put a little rose in his jacket and was like, we're going down. We're going to sit here and drink until we're dead. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, that would never While the happen. band plays Nearer My God to Thee. Yeah, so sad. There's, it's amazing. There's a moment in Towering Inferno where, like, they're, they're all freaking out. They're panicking the promenade, and the woman turns to her husband. She's like, what are you going to do? And he says, quietly get drunk. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's our Richard Chamberlain. Yeah. Like, that's like, that was just, like, the attitude of men back in the day. It was like, we're going to sit here and die, and we're going to let the ladies and the children get on the ship. I would head for the This booze. is what I was saying about how <laughs> I, I just play possum. I would, I, would, I would try and make sure that I was completely blacked out by, by the time, time the death, death, death found me. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be possumed out on the... The poop <laughs> you would be you would be on the poop deck yeah, clearly, yeah. Like, maybe they'll take a dead person from the lifeboats <laughs> like, she died before they only had like one and that huge scene where like the water comes bursting through the staircase like that had to be done in one shot they couldn't do it twice that's a one take <laughs> Yeah. The, sh- the shot where oh, the captain—it's so scary. It's terrifying when the captain is in like the middle of the ship, like waiting, like to get and all the, and then it just like that was only done once because you couldn't do it twice. Right. It's like right. so much stuff of this movie was like dependent upon these people being able to do it one time. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. terrifying. And Victor's that's, that's a lot like Twister, where um, <laughs> they were burning their eyeballs. Right. <laughs> Similar. And little Victor Garber. Victor Garber is so sweet as, as Thomas Andrews. Thomas Andrews right? he's just moving the clock hands oh, and yeah. as he sinks because he wants everything to be perfect and beautiful. Uh, I wish I would have built you a better boat. I Look. wish I would have built you a stronger boat. Built you a stronger boat, Rose. Yeah. He's great in the movie. He's yeah. so wonderful. And uh I was like I when I was watching like Billy Zane like fire a gun, I was like, Oh, this is after the Phantom. They totally saw him in that piece of shit movie where like he can fire a gun and be an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This will be great. And the the guy who plays Richie Rich's butler, who's like the yeah. one who built, yeah, who like designed Jay the Bruce ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's also oh, the, so the, the the hunter in Jumanji. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that guy was a piece of shit in the nineties. Her. <laughs> so good. Her he's great. He was your go-to piece of shit. Yeah, he also looks exactly like the real Jay Bruce is yeah. and like the guy who played the captain looks exactly like the real captain. It's pretty impressive. But anyway, this movie is fucking ridiculous and epic, and it is epic. It is uh, a di- it's it's disaster written all over it. It's it's also <laughs> responsible for one of my favorite uh, Seinfeld non sequiturs. Oh when George so George walks in to Jerry's barber and says, "Saw Titanic." So that old lady, she's just a liar, right? <laughs> and Jerry responds in a bit of a tramp, if you ask me. So she's just a liar, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the most infuriating things about that entire movie is that that bitch just throws that diamond in the ocean at the end. And I know there's alternate endings and shit like that. Yeah. Where <laughs> she jumps into the ocean and it's like, what? why? <laughs> I would have rather her jump in. That's all Bill Paxton was looking for. You could just give him the diamond. It's very disappointing. Mm-hmm. It's a dumb ending. I have notes for James Cameron, but I don't think he'll take him. 
<laughs> yeah, the story in the present isn't the best. No, but the story, but, but the, the story in the past is real fun. Like fucking Kathy Bates is there. Yeah, Francis man. Fisher yeah, she was in real person. Yeah, unsinkable Molly Brown. Yeah, she's yeah. Molly Brown. It's a good time. Yeah, it's nice. And Leo, Leo, man, he looks good in a tux. Mm-hmm. Like looks he does. great. Young, like fresh years. off of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, what a babe. It's beautiful. Great. Yeah, it's real fun. So. Titanic, that's my choice. I've heard of it. Also, yeah. when the ship, uh, when you first see the ship and there's that music that's like, ha, ha, yeah. ha, ha, yeah. ha. <laughs> This movie is full of majesty, is what it's full of. And you know how they're like, they've been talking about like remaking the like Titanic for like years now. And they're like rebuilding no. it. And it's going to be like, oh, exactly. like we, no. I was like remaking the film. No, or God, no. Um, no, just like making another Titanic, okay. like exactly an exact replica of the Titanic. Why? No. Who's getting on that boat? Right. No. Didn't you see Jurassic Park? You don't do the thing. Oh, see, here's the problem. I would go to Jurassic Park, though. I know. That's because you're mental. Yeah. I think that people would be disappointed by the size. Of the boat? Yeah, Titanic. Yeah, like, next to a modern-day cruise ship would look small. Next to a modern-day cruise ship, it would look small. But I feel like people are just going to be like, let's go. Like, yeah. like the, the most expensive suite on the Titanic in today's life would be like $75,000 a night. Really? In, for inflation, that's the that's wow. the round. Yeah, well, I guess I could do it. <laughs> Put me down for two. I'll take a cup. <laughs> Sounds like a good Poseidon adventure. Yeah, but also, yeah, it's crazy. I'll I'll go over death stats after because it doesn't have anything to do with the movie. But like the death oh. stats are insane on this. Yeah. It's, it's almost all dudes. It's that just blows my mind. I'm like that would never happen today. Dudes would push women out the way. So you don't have that fucking phone. It would, it would, it would, I have a child. Grab a child or not. And, uh, as long as they had a nice wig. Oh, man, Billy Zane's wig. <laughs> I have an emotional support animal. It's my that, I, no, Billy Zane's wig actually won a special Academy Award, too. So, it's my favorite part of the movie. There's that. His wig and his eyeliner. Mm. My God. Uh, so, yeah, that's that. It's good. This is fun, y'all. I love disaster movies. They're so fun. I can't believe you picked a sequel to Poseidon Adventure. I know. (laughs) (laughs) An homage to Irwin Allen's 70s disasters. Two waters, a wind, and a bear. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now that sounds like an erotic film. (laughs) And with that, we are done. Um, everyone have a wonderful week. Go watch all these movies. They're very fun. Just watch the second half of Titanic or just watch the first half. You want to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I think both tapes have pros and cons. It's true. You get more wig in the first tape. but <laughs> A lot of emotional abuse on the first tape. A lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's scary. But yeah. All right, everyone. Good job. See, now it's raining. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go. And we're, we're going to be underwater. And we're going to be underwater soon because we live in a bowl. So yeah, everyone have a great rest of their day. Jonas, son of a bitch. (laughs) Your Opinion is Trash is produced by no one. Edited by Matt Jackson with graphic design from Matt Phelan Uh and original music Uh by Kay the Beast. Please subscribe, like, and rate us on all podcast platforms and join our Patreon for more nonsense. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Oh, that was fun. I just want to watch Twister. <laughs>